98K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, district councillors slam the MTR over their handling of subsidence data in Toon Moon. The observatory says the number three strong wind signal is unlikely today and a fire at a hospital in Taiwan kills nine people. Tunmen district councillors have blasted the MTR for the way they handle subsidence data in the district, saying the corporation should have been more transparent to allay public concerns. Timmy Sung reports. The council's working group on community crisis management was discussing the subsidence detected at several light rail stops, in particular the stop at Tunmen swimming pool, which has sunk the most by 70 millimetres. If it exceeds 20 millimetres, nearby construction has to be suspended. MTR's general manager, Terry Wong, who is in charge of infrastructure and maintenance, said the subsidence found at the stop was stable and hadn't fluctuated. He said even if the sinking hit the 20 millimeter threshold, it didn't mean railway safety was at risk. Mr. Wong also said the subsidence had been reported to the government and a nearby developer had been asked to explore measures to control it. But DAB councillor Yip Man Pan said the MTR officials were wasting everyone's time, as they were merely repeating what had been said in a press release. He said the rail firm must disclose more information, as public confidence in the firm and the firm's integrity were both sinking. His DAB colleague Mo Sheng Fong said authorities should come up with a four-color warning system to let the public know the severity of the subsidence. Democratic Party's Ho Hang Bui and FTU's Chen Yao Hoi, meanwhile, said if not for media reports, they would be none the wiser over the subsidence as government departments have failed to monitor it. Meanwhile, the chairman of LegCo's Railway Subcommittee has dismissed concerns that releasing subsidence data at all the chart into central link stations will affect property prices of flats there. Michael Teen says residents needn't be concerned as it's natural for subsidence to occur near stations. He says no buildings have suffered irreparable damage in the past as a result of rail work. Please go back to all those buildings back in 1979. Let's trace the stability of all those buildings, which has been 38 years since the first excavation work has been done, and see whether anything has happened to those buildings. So far, we have heard nothing in the news about any kind of uh, subsidence of any building that has been traced back to excavation work done by MTR that has caused irreparable damage. The observatory says it's unlikely to issue the strong wind signal number three today as tropical storm Babinka is forecast to remain some distance away from Hong Kong. The standby signal number one has been in effect since Thursday. Senior scientific officer Li Pinghua says Babinka is still moving erratically. At noon, Babinka was estimated to be about 220 kilometres south-southwest of Hong Kong and is forecast to move slowly linger around the seas off the coast of western Guangdong. According to the present forecast track, Babinka is expected to be slow moving. Babinka will maintain a distance of about 200 kilometers from Hong Kong during daytime. Nine people have been killed and 15 others injured in a fire at a hospital in New Taipei City in Taiwan. More from the BBC's Cindy Su in Taipei. Firefighters were called to the hospital early on Monday to tackle a blaze which had broken out on the seventh floor of the building. Those in a critical condition have been moved to other hospitals. Local media are reporting that the fire may have been started by an electrical fault in a movable bed. 
fires are common in Taiwan, where prevention measures are not strictly enforced, and there is insufficient knowledge of safety measures. Additionally, many hospitals and nursing homes are short-staffed. High-level talks have begun between North and South Korea to prepare for a third meeting between their leaders. The talks in the demilitarized zone between the countries were proposed by North Korea last week. The BBC's Laura Bicker has more from Seoul. A spokesman for South Korea's presidential office said they hoped that the two sides could agree the timing, the venue, and the size of the delegation for the next summit, which is expected to be in Pyongyang. There are reports the meeting could take place in a matter of weeks. This will be the third summit between Kim Jong-un and President Moon Jae-in. The first meeting in April saw the two sign an agreement, which included a pledge to denuclearize the Korean Peninsula. The pair then held a surprise summit in May, before Kim Jong-un became the first North Korean leader to meet a sitting US president in June. A handful of white supremacists and far-right supporters, far fewer than expected, have held a brief rally near the White House in Washington. The event was staged to coincide with the anniversary of racially charged violence at Charlottesville in Virginia last year. Here's the BBC's Chris Bunkler. Well, the protest itself you couldn't see from standing just outside the White House grounds. This is the protest by the white nationalists, the Unite the Right group. Essentially, what they were trying to do was to go to the White House, have a protest just outside it at Lafayette Square, which you can see from the White House. And from there, they would try to make their own point from what they were calling a white civil rights march. Now, they had requested a permit for 400 people. In reality, it seemed to be about 20 and from outside, there were huge numbers of counter-protesters. The Turkish lira is again under pressure on the foreign exchanges, despite a statement by the country's finance minister that he's drawn up a plan of action to stabilise the currency. After an initial rally following the announcement, the lira later resumed its fall. Its tumble reflects investors' concerns over the Turkish economy and Ankara's worsening ties with the United States. Here's the BBC's Lebo Diseko. Turkey's president stood defiant on Sunday, telling supporters the fall of his country's currency was a political plot against Turkey. Despite the tough talk, the lira has continued to weaken. It's fallen 40% so far this year against the US dollar. And as US President Donald Trump doubled steel and aluminium tariffs last week, the lira dropped almost 20% in a day. Observers in Mali say there appears to have been a low turnout in yesterday's presidential election runoff. Less than a quarter of the electorate may have voted. One local group also highlighted tensions on the day. It said several polling stations had come under attack by armed men and one election official had been killed. President Ibrahim Boubacar Keita is expected to win a second term. This voter outlined what he expected of the next president. What the new president must do is stabilise and speed up our development so we can forget our crisis forever, ensure that the development of the whole republic is guaranteed and ensure that every Malian feels safe at home and abroad. I think that is the major challenge facing our future president of the republic. Reports from Syria say at least 39 people, including 12 children, have been killed in an explosion that brought down a building in the mainly rebel-held province of Idlib. Here's the BBC's Martin Patience. 
It's still not clear what caused the explosion in the town of Sarmada, close to the Syrian-Turkish border. But there are reports that the residential building was also being used to store weapons. A UK-based monitoring group said most of the victims were family members of fighters from an extremist Islamist group. Idlib province is the last major opposition stronghold in Syria. Government forces have been shelling towns in the past few days, ahead of what many believe could be a major offensive. But the United Nations has warned of a bloodbath if Damascus tries to retake the province. The Russian President Vladimir Putin has hailed as a milestone a convention governing the legal status of the Caspian Sea region. He signed the agreement along with the leaders of the four other nations that border the inland sea, Iran, Azerbaijan, Turkmenistan and Kazakhstan. Mr Putin said the importance of the deal could not be overestimated. Today's agreement is without exaggeration a major landmark event for all our countries. We have signed a convention on the legal status of the Caspian Sea. This is an international agreement which contains a detailed and comprehensive set of rules and obligations on the use and preservation of the shared reaches of our Caspian Sea. A new survey shows young South Asian people in Britain are more socially conservative than their counterparts in the rest of the population. A poll carried out for the BBC among more than 2,000 young Asian Britons found one in three disagreed with sex before marriage. The BBC's Nomia Iqbal reports. The 2026 British Asians questioned in this poll are of predominantly Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi and Sri Lankan heritage. A third of them say they don't agree with sex before marriage or same-sex relationships. Religion plays a big part in identity, with 46% saying their Muslim, Sikh or Hindu faith is important. The findings suggest integration is a challenge, with more than half of British South Asians saying they have to tone down their identity to fit in. But despite that, they are more hopeful about the future, with nearly three quarters considering the UK a place to fulfil their ambitions. Political cartoonist Ah Chung has died of a heart attack at the age of 85 in Los Angeles. His agent said on Facebook that the artist was surrounded by his family when he passed away at his home, adding that his body would be cremated at a Buddhist funeral. Ah Chung, whose real name is Yim Yi King, was born in Guangzhou and moved to Hong Kong when he was young. The British poet and artist William Blake has been united in death with one of his verses, inscribed in stone. It's on a headstone unveiled in London to mark the exact spot where he was buried 191 years ago. The BBC's Terry Egan reports. William Blake was a British poet, artist and visionary, author among many other things of Jerusalem and the Tiger. But despite his influence, he died in obscurity in 1827 and was buried in an unmarked common grave in London. That was until two devotees decided to locate his precise resting place and, after two years of research and some painstaking work with a tape measure, found it. Now an engraved slab of Portland stone has been unveiled at the site in North London and lovers of Blake will at last have a point of pilgrimage. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,843. That's 520 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $45 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.15 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 1 cent. Now with the sports news, here's Atom Jung. Let's start with golf. 
Brooks Koepka has beaten Tiger Woods by two shots to win the PGA Championship in St. Louis. Koepka finished 14 under par for the tournament to claim his second major this year. He successfully defended his U.S. Open title in June, so this latest win adds a third major title to his career. Tiger Woods was the last man to win the U.S. Open and the PGA in the same year. He did that in 2000. Woods shot an impressive 64 in his final round on Sunday, showing that he's returned to near his best after years of injuries. Adam Scott, who drew level with Koepka on the back nine, finished third, three shots behind. To football now, Manchester City opened defense of their English Premier League title with a win at Arsenal. Raheem Sterling opened scoring in the first half for his 50th Premier League goal. Bernardo Silva made it 2-0 in the second half and that was how it finished at the Emirates. Here's their City boss Pep Guardiola. Of course we are more than two seasons together and we know more or less what we have to do in different parts, but we were so aggressive in in, in the middle and back, so we make a good performance in general. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp says he was pleased with his team's lopsided win over West Ham, but wasn't about to get carried away. Liverpool won 4-0 at home to start the season. You see a lot in the preseason, what you hope you see on the pitch. Today I saw a lot of that, that's, that's really cool. But... That's all. So 4-0 means we scored 4, which is good. We conceded no goal, which is even exactly the same importance. So it's all good for today, but that's it. The other Premier League match saw Southampton and Burnley finish 0-0 at St. Mary's. England's cricketers have beaten India by an innings and 159 runs to win the second test and take a 2-0 lead in the five-match series. India slumped to 130 all-out in their second innings as James Anderson picked up his 100th test wicket at Lord's en route to 4 for 23. Stuart Broad took 4 for 44, including two wickets in two balls. He says it was one of the strongest England performances he can remember. To be able to come to Lords and put in that sort of performance as a group is, it should give us a lot as a team because we were very powerful this week. It's probably a stronger England performance as I can remember with all the break, with all the sort of time lost in this game as well. And finally in tennis, Rafael Nadal has won an 80th ATP World Tour trophy at the 2018 Rogers Cup. He beat Stefanos Tsitsipas of Greece in straight sets. Nadal won 6-2, 6-4 in the final in Toronto and said he would skip a Masters tournament in Cincinnati this week to rest and get ready for the U.S. Open. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom. And to end the news, the top stories once again. District councillors slammed the MTR Corporation over its handling of subsidence data in Tun Mun. The observatory says the number three strong wind signal is unlikely today and a fire at a hospital in Taiwan kills nine people. The news from RTHK. Yeah!